try to stay focused, especially when you're creating something. And I would say, you know, build that kind of minimum viable product, get it out in the marketplace and let your early adopters and customers tell you which direction it should go. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hi, and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. My name is Rick Nusky. I am your host, and today do I have somebody very special on the line. We're going to be talking about software, one of my most favorite topics to talk about. Uh, in terms of this software, this is something very special. In actual fact, my next guest uh, and I were just talking about this, and with that all being said, I'd love to introduce to the show entrepreneur and co-founder of Pay Kickstart, Mr. Mark Thompson. Welcome to the show, Mark. Rick, thank you so much for having me. It's absolutely my pleasure. Now, Mark, um, as we mentioned, uh, we were talking about software moments ago, but before we jump into, I guess, the meat and gravy of the call, I love to learn more about my guests before we start talking about the mechanics of business. Would you mind uh, sharing a little bit about your background with me? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been an online entrepreneur for about 10 years now. We were just talking about how we feel like dinosaurs in this <laughs> internet marketing game, if you will. God, I mean, it's been, for, it feels like an eternity, but um, yeah, so I've been, um, you know, developing software, information programs, really, you know, everything that I've learned over the last 10 years, I've really tried to wrap it up into a course and, and be able to sell my my knowledge. And, and more importantly, I've been um, been able to impact a lot of, uh, of people uh, over the years. Um, I found a niche in software over the last six or seven years now, and mm -hmm. it's been really become a passion of mine. Uh, and so uh, my main you know, business is uh, a service called Pay Kickstart. So we're a billing and affiliate management solution. And so we help online entrepreneurs, SaaS companies, people running membership sites, online course creators, just really remove the technical hurdles when it comes to accepting payment, manage recurring revenue, manage affiliate partners. Um, and so this product really was a, a byproduct out of, you know, everything that I have been doing I've for the last doing. 10 years. It, it was an internal tool just to sell my own products and programs. And then it became a full-fledged bu business about five years ago. Yeah, thank you for sharing, Mark. Now, I'd love to talk, yeah. uh, you know, unwrap that a bit more in, in a moment. But um, as you and I spoke about, I've actually been a customer of yours for years. And uh, you started off with uh, not one of your first products, but I guess it might have been. Was it was it Easy VSL that started this all off for you? Where did it all start? Um, you know, I, I had a couple products that were not as successful. I would say Easy VSL is probably one of my more successful products or, yeah. more, more, you know, uh, well-known um, so yeah, I mean, it's, that was definitely the one that kind of was my aha moments in the industry and ha has really been super successful even, uh, to today. So, yeah, thank you. I know it's gone through some iterations, but, um, from a, I guess more of a personal perspective, where are you located? I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. So I've been here for about 15 years. I, I grew up in New York. It was, uh, pretty cold up there. I was born and raised up there in, in Buffalo. And so if you know where Buffalo is, there's just a, a snow belt. And so every winter we just get the worst snow. Yes. And uh, after college, I had to just leave. Yeah, I'm leaving, I'm leaving this, I've had enough. Now, um, in terms of where you live now, what's the, what's the one thing that you love most about that, that location? Yeah, it's a good question. So, I mean, I think it's a, a balance, you know, we're, we're two hours from uh, the ocean, we're two hours from the mountains. We have 
all four seasons. Uh, it's a good place to raise a family. So I have a wife and a nine-year-old daughter now, Wonderful. and um, it's just a great place. I've I've met some some great friends along the way, and and it's actually a, a tech hub as well. So if you're familiar with Durham or the the RTP area, it's kind of the the Silicon Valley of the East. Yeah, fantastic. Now, as a dad, do you get much time for you know hobbies for yourself and and or sports? What do you like to do with yourself? Yeah, I mean, you know, growing up, I I played baseball in college, so I was kind of a sports fanatic. So these days, I don't I don't do as much as I used to. Uh, I tried to play some some pickup basketball here and there, but uh, <laughs> you know, my body isn't what it was uh, 15 years ago. So uh, now I I spend a lot of time with family and friends and. Uh, just, you know, hanging out at the lake or just hanging out by the pool. So that's kind of how I spend my weekends. Nothing, nothing too fancy, but uh, I enjoy it. And I love being with, uh, with family and friends. That's wonderful. Um, as a dad too, I love to spend time with my boys and uh, just uh, watching movies. Do you, do you, what's the latest movie that you've been forced to watch? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I, I watch, I mean, you know, I don't watch a lot of like quote unquote movies, like in the theater. It's all, you know how it is now. Nice. It's all Netflix, and Hulu and you know, all that kind of fun stuff. So uh, right now, what do I watch? I'm watching alone, which is on Netflix. So it's just about people that are living in the Arctic for God knows how long yes, and, yes. and they have to just kind of survive off the land. So um, <laughs> I'm, I'm usually, you know, whatever's in the, the top of Netflix, I usually end up watching it. So. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> um, I don't know. Are you, a, are you, a, are you a fan of pets? Do you have any pets? I do. Yeah. I have, I have two dogs so, uh, and, and a cat. So we have kind of a uh, we have a full house of of animals. I've always had dogs growing up through, throughout my uh, childhood. So yeah. Well, well, speaking about growing up, now there's a there's a reason for asking. Um, when you were growing up, what was the the one thing that you remember loved doing the most? Uh, I mean, uh, baseball was such a passion of mine. Uh, you know, I feel like growing up, I was always, you know, I was into like travel baseball. So every weekend, we were traveling somewhere in the United States just for some tournament. Uh, you know, weekend tournament. So I, I was fortunate enough to, to um, you know, have a, a great cast around me of, of other people that um, were, were great baseball players. And so we had a great team growing up. We had great family and uh, we were fortunate enough to be able to travel all around uh, the U.S. And so uh, that's, you know, one of my, my most fondest memories was just being able to travel around and see the sights and, and be able to do something that I loved. So. Yeah, this is wonderful. Thank you again for sharing. Now, do, do you find that uh, as um, a baseballer, do you find any of those um, skills and, I guess, um, practices have helped you become the entrepreneur that you are today? Absolutely. And it's actually one of the qualities that we look for when we hire someone is someone who was an athlete or is an athlete, uh, just because I, I believe it kind of you know, it gives you some some character, right? I mean, it yeah. you know teaches you to overcome adversity, uh, teaches you that you know practice makes perfect. Um, be kind of you know uh, humble and hungry is is kind of a a motto that I live by. So uh, absolutely, I mean, some of the the qualities from playing in baseball, I mean, has definitely transitioned to my professional life. Did you uh, do you recall the first time your first entrepreneurial experience? What was that about? Yeah, so it was in college. Uh, we created we we created some T-shirts, and so I had to go and I worked. I worked with a, a graphic designer on on a T-shirt, uh, and so we have this this one day. It's called Dolphy Day. It's a, it's basically one day when everybody takes off of of classes and you just party and have fun. And so it's like a big event in our college. And so I was like, you know, every year people were selling T-shirts. I'm like, man, I'm I'm gonna go and do that. And so. I had these t-shirts created. I can't remember how we had a couple hundred of them created. 
And we just went dorm room to dorm room. And so I kind of learned how to, you know, create the T-shirt, how to go out and sell it. And and, and at the time, it, I, I didn't really think I was an entrepreneur. I was just like, this is kind of fun. I get to go and talk to people and make a couple bucks for some beer and for my partying. And, <laughs> and, um, and, and you know, it actually, uh, you know, was kind of my first gig. So, so was there, there ever an, an aha moment to you for yourself where you go, you know what, there's something in SAS? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it happened uh, back in 2009. It was the first piece of software that I ever created. And, and back then it, it was a WordPress plugin. I, I wasn't really, you know, SaaS wasn't as pos- po- uh, popular as it is yeah. now. And so I created this product. And um, at the time, I didn't really know how to sell it. Um, I was just like, well, I, you know, I hired this company. I, I kind of found a product that they had created. And I've like, you know, reverse engineered it to see mm-hmm. who was the one that built it. And I was like, hey, I have this idea. Can you build it for me? And so, you know, after I kind of spent my life savings, it wasn't the smartest choice at the time, but <laughs> they, they built it for me. They're glad to build it. And uh, $30,000 later, I had this product. But again, I didn't know how to sell it. But um, I was able to find someone who I, I said, hey, I'll give you 50% of everything that we make. Just help me, you know, like teach me how to sell this. And so that was kind of my aha moment. We actually did a six-figure product launch. And so yeah. I was introduced to all sorts of affiliate partners. He showed me how to create sales pages, how to create sales funnels, really all the foundational things that you know I use today uh, kind of happened on that first product launch. And uh, it changed my life. I mean, when I you know, was able to look at my PayPal account, I was like, oh my God, like yeah. this you know, kind of br- broke through. Now I see you have a long list of very um, strong relationships in this space, and I'd love to talk about the power of relationships and and personal learning and development later on. But um, as somebody who's walked the path, I know that the My Future Business audience, Mark, are startups, they're entrepreneurs, uh, existing small to medium-sized business owners, who would like to know from you. Somebody's already done it. Um, I guess the process behind it, but also more importantly. Um, is there a point in time where you have to step back for a while and just take a breath? Yeah, of course. So, you know, I, I mean, I could tell you for years I was doing, you know, the 70, 80, 90 hour work week. Wow. And, you know, it was one of those things there's there's a mean, means to that to an end, right? Yeah, like yeah. I, I didn't want to keep doing that for years. I knew it wasn't sustainable, but I kind of had a long-term vision. It was kind of a blurry vision, but it kind of, you know, there, there was clarity as, you know, the years went on, but um, I kind of knew where I wanted to go. But I mean, the biggest piece of advice I can give you is, you know, as entrepreneurs, we want to mitigate risk, especially early on when we're just starting out. It is scary as hell to be, say, hey, I want to go from my nine to five job, which is kind of the comfort zone for most people, right? Yeah. I mean, you work your 40 hours, you get your paycheck, you have health insurance, you know, for most people, right, who, who are working full time and you're comfort, you're comfortable, right? But it, but if you want something more, you need to be able to take that leap of faith and trust in yourself. And um, it, it's, it's a hard thing to do. Uh, it, you know, it wasn't until I got fired from my last job that I actually said, man, I got to go and make this happen if I'm going to do it. And uh, there's no better time than when you're young. I mean, and, and you really don't have that much to lose as opposed to, you know, when you're, you know, 50, 60 years old and, and you have a little bit more to lose. So I knew at least at that time um, it was it was a, a calculated risk that I could take. But, you know, looking back on it, any way that you can mitigate risk is, is the way to go. And so, you know, having affiliate partners was extremely helpful because 
I didn't want to have to pay for for traffic. I didn't know how to even drive, you know, traffic to my sales pages or mm -hmm. my offers. And so that was one of the first ways that I was able to really kind of break through was through people that already had uh, email lists of yep. people and, and they would tell their friends and, and refer people to my product and I would, I would give them a commission. So that was one way that I was able to mitigate risk and, 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 and build my the foundation for everything, build my email list, build a, uh, affiliate relationships, get introduced to you know designers, developers that I, I even work with today. Um, so that was helpful. Um, the other thing was, you know, try to try to stay focused. You know, I mean, especially when you're creating something, you always want it to be perfect. You want to add new, especially for software, yeah. you get feature happy. You always want to add more and more, <laughs> more features. More, more, more. And you're like, I can't, <laughs> I can't release this until I have this, 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 this. And, and, and I would say, you know, build that kind of minimum viable product, get it out in the marketplace and let your early adopters and customers tell you which direction it should go. That's some sage insight there. Thank you very much, Mark. Now, what I've taken away from that is leveraging other people's existing audience, you know, um, minimum Absolutely. viable product. We're not trying to go for all the bells and whistles at the moment um, and just get it out there is essentially what you've, you're sharing with us, Mark. Now, I wonder, I've seen a lot of rubbish out there in terms of SaaS lots. It seems like we're getting this uh, increasing tide of this, this uh, you know, low quality uh, SaaS businesses coming out. When you're looking at a SaaS business, for everybody's on the show today, what would you tell them to look for? Yeah, so you're right. I mean, there. The thing is, it's it's so much easier to build a business nowadays, right? With yeah. all of the services that are available with Amazon and you know, and just all these different technologies that are available, it, it's actually relatively easy to create a SaaS business. But I guess the good news is, you know, the the ones who are are able to make it long term are the ones who really have the best intentions for their customers, and and those are the ones that you know, rise to the top. And so, I mean, when I'm looking for a SaaS company, and so in my opinion, a SaaS company is like a, a partner, right? A partner for my business. That's one of my tech partners that's going to help fuel my business in some form or fashion. So I'm always looking for some sort of a track record, right? They have case studies, they have testimonials, they have stood the test of time. They've been around for at least a couple of years, um, especially with SaaS. You, you never know what, like where they're going to be. So you always want to make sure that they're evolving the products because no SaaS product is ever finished. It's never like, you know, just perfect. Yeah. There's always things that can be improved on. And so those are the things that I look for. I look for longevity. I look for testimonials, case studies. I look for, you know, a, a, a founder who places a lot of emphasis in customer success. That's really important because I was thinking as soon as you said the word customer, I thought to myself, how important is it for you or for any SaaS business to have uh, less of a product focus and more of a customer problem solution focus? Yeah, I mean, and, and that's, you know, that was something that kind of blinded me for a number of years, especially early on. I was more product focused. And I can tell you now it's it's a complete 180. Um, and, and so whenever we get testimonials from people that are using Pay Kickstart, they it's always around our customer support. They're always like, oh, my. And so one thing that we did was we added 24-7 live chat. We've really added a whole bunch of more articles and tutorials uh, in our knowledge base. We've added uh, in-app onboarding so that our new customers can go in and they know exactly what to do. Step one, do this. Step two, do that. And they can get to their aha moment. And at the end of the day, 
if they're if they're getting that aha moment and they're having success with the product, they're going to be customers for life. And so I didn't, you know, call me naive or call me, you know, just need just inexperienced at the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't really put the customer's intention. Uh, I, I didn't have it prioritized correctly. Yeah. Um, and so now it's it's completely different. Yeah. Well, look, you know, you're human and you're, you're learning. And that's one of the key takeaways for people who are listening to this is that you might not be human, but to get some sort of, you know, one step forward at a time is better than doing nothing at all. So again, thank you for sharing. Right. Now, when you go about um, uh, iterating a product, let's go back one step. Let's, um, you know, let's say Easy VSL. We talked about iterations. I know that it's been through a few, but prior Prior to that, how do you come up with an idea and, and what is the general overview of the process to develop a SaaS? How do you take it from idea through to fruition? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good question. So uh, at least for me, ideas have never been the problem. It's always been focus. Um, you know, I've had <laughs> tons of ideas and, and I mean, they're always floating around in my head. And I feel, I feel most entrepreneurs, not all, but most are kind of creative or, or have the ideas kind of floating around. And so the way that I look at it is the best products are the ones where you're not reinventing the wheel. It's very hard to reinvent the wheel. So what I do is just try to make the wheel better, right? Make a better wheel. And so <clears throat> that's, that's what I've tried to do. And so at least from, from going from ideation to, you know, having, you know, having it go to market, the first thing is kind of just, you know, putting it down on paper, just, I, you know, saying, what, what do you want this product to do? How do you envision a customer utilizing it? What features do you want? Prioritizing those features because you're not going to be able to do everything that you want it to do because you know each feature could take you you know ten grand worth of of money to get yeah. it developed. So I always write it down on paper, and then what I like to do is wireframe it out. Uh, so I'll use like a, a wireframing tool and just kind of how do I envision someone going through it. And then once you have that wireframe, and it doesn't have to be anything professional, it can be sloppy. I'm not a designer, I'm not a developer, but as long as you can say, hey, you know, UI developer, front-end developer, Mm -hmm. this is what I want. Here's the wireframe, here's kind of how I envisioned it, along with my document that kind of explains in text format what I want to do, then they can translate it onto something that is more of a, a user interface. Um, and so that can be very helpful instead of just trying to verbally explain to a designer, here's what I want to have happen yeah. and then have them interpret it the wrong way. And, and then it comes out wrong. And then, uh, and then once it goes through a, a couple iterations of your user interface, then it goes to your backend development, which is really where a lot of the functionality comes into play. Um, and then once it's been developed, then it usually goes through a phase of, quality assurance, uh, beta testers, just to make sure before you actually launch it to the general public, you've worked out a lot of the, at least the glaring bugs. There's always going to be bugs in software. That's just kind of how it is. But yep. if you can minimize those, all the better. Um, but then be be ready, right? Be ready for when you do release it to the marketplace that you have the team in place to handle first-line support, you know, technical bug support, all that kind of stuff. Now, given that the My Future Business audience is predominantly um, people who are either in business or wanting to start their own business, be whatever area it is in, um, we often hear bandied around this idea of exit planning. Is it the same for SaaS? Do you have an exit plan? What, what happens um, there, given that it's a live yeah. creature that never dies, per <laughs> se? 
Right. I mean, you know, early on, I never really thought about exiting and, you know, trying to get a good, a big like payday. Yep. I did it just because I, I'm just passionate about creating it. software that other business owners w would love. And so, you know, I never really thought about it until maybe the last year or two. And, you know, as we've started to really evolve pay kickstart and it's really started to scale, I, you know, I, I get, it's kind of crazy. Like once you start to, you'll like hit a threshold where all of a sudden you get on some sort of radar where investors are just emailing you every day like, hey, I want to throw money at your your SaaS. Um, and we've never done that. We've always kind of bootstrapped. And I've always, at least, at least my type of you know personality is that I don't want to have a massive company where we have a board to speak to. It's not yep. really the, the way that I'm wired, at least not right now. It could, you know, never say never, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, now knowing what I know, there's always that possibility for exiting and you yep. want to make sure that you put your business in the pos best possible um, way, you know, best possible position to have an exit if you want to. Yeah. Um, and, and, and early on, I didn't really think about it. Yeah, now this was uh, always focused. This question was always focused on those who might want that planning. I know that Pay Kickstart is an amazing platform. I'm part of it. I've seen the inside workings of it, and it is as smooth as silk. And don't worry for everybody's on the call. Uh, at the end of the call, I'll be sharing the links back to find uh, Pay Kickstart. No problems with that at all. Now, um, when you start uh, a SaaS business, does it always end up the same as the original idea? Absolutely not. And I mean, and I think that's one of the things is you need to really listen to your customers. So, you know, I, I think it's always important to have that kind of first iteration of the, the product and to get it into people's hands. And then from there, you sit back and you listen and you just sit back and just, you know, take everything in and have the communication tools to be to, to allow them to, you know, contribute so we have like a, a feature request area yep. that we allow them to vote for fe for features that they want. And then we're always just sending up follow-up surveys and emails and and we're asking them in live chat, like, hey, what do you guys need? And so, and then every six months, we'll even go out and personally start reaching out to people on Facebook, on Skype, and we'll just say, hey, just want to see how things are going. Because a lot of the times people will, will give you feedback if you reach out to them one-to-one -one and, and you specifically ask. But if you don't ask them, Many times they'll just kind of keep it all in. Yeah. And what can happen is they end up leaving or canceling. And all you need to do is ask them. And, and maybe there was something, you know, very simple that you could do for them to help, you know, keep them as a long-term customer. So I feel like you always need to be reaching out to your customers, hear it from the horse's mouth. Yeah. And, um, and, and let the direction of your product go based on what the customers are telling you. Mark. When you look around the, the industry, your space predominantly, SaaS businesses, who else in this space is impressing you? Uh, man, there's tons of people. So obviously, like Russell Brunson with ClickFunnels, it's it's amazing yeah. what he has done and the type of loyalty and, and customers that he has has attracted. Um, so, I mean, I've been super impressed what he's been doing Um uh, Dave, uh, he runs Hubstaff. It's a it's a time tracking tool, and so yep. we actually use it internally. Um, I love what he's been doing. He's been able to, to organically grow that business just from like SEO and through his, through his blog. So it's a great blog to check out. Um, I mean, there's plenty of other like SaaSes. I mean, so like the way that Intercom and and Slack have been able to just you know become mainstream and monetize. Yep. 
Um, it's, I mean, like intercom, which, you know, you either hate them or you love them, but you know, you could start off at 30 bucks a month and before you know it, you're spending hundreds of dollars and, and, and there's obviously lots of value there. Um, and they've started to move up markets. So they're, yep. they're definitely tailored for more mid-market enterprise, but, um, it's amazing what they can do to, to, you know, when you start out and just that, um, you know, that those, those upsells and, uh, expansion revenue, the way that they've been able to do it inside their app is really cool. So I'm always kind of just looking around and seeing what others are doing. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, talking about high-quality SaaS businesses, let's talk about Pay Kickstart. I want to know um, the genesis of this business. Where did it come yeah, from? Yeah, so, you know, obviously it started as an internal tool. So we, we were just not satisfied with the solutions that were out there. Uh, we just realized that so much profit was leaking out of our business every year, whether it was from paying crazy fees to not being able to handle uh, cancellations or churn appropriately to just, you know, like I was almost embarrassed with the way that we, you know, our checkout experience was, the way that we communicated with customers after sale, um, it was almost embarrassing. And so I was like, you know, years ago, I was like, I, we need to solve this. We're, yep. we're a software company. Um, and so it started as an internal tool. And, and, and you know, we, we had other people asking us like, hey, how'd you create that really cool, you know, checkout page with one-click upsells and order bumps and all this kind of cool stuff. And we, you know, we realized quickly that a lot of other um, product sellers were having the same issues. And so we released it to uh, a beta group about four and a half, four and a half years ago now. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we started kind of small, it, you know, back then it was, you know, pretty basic, pretty bare bones. We could accept, you know, credit cards and PayPal and we had some checkout templates, but I mean, to what it is today, oh, yeah. I mean, it's just evolved like crazy and it's just moving at such a rapid pace. So it's, um, it's exciting. Uh, it's an exciting time for us. And uh, it's, you know, when you're working on it day in and day out, you may not see a huge uh, evolution of it. But when you take a step back and you're like looking at it from a six month or a year standpoint, you're like, man, we, we accomplished a lot. So it's exciting. Does it um, um, help you process digital as well as physical goods? It does. Uh, I would say the majority of our vendors are digital sellers. Um, so our sweet spot is, you know, recurring, you know, uh, businesses that are focused on subscription-based revenue, uh, SaaS companies, membership site owners, online course creators, uh, agencies. Uh, we do some with with uh, physical goods, really yep. kind of simple physical goods. So just yep. like one package. Uh, we do have some integrations with like ship station, uh, ship station, ship offers, but. We don't, we're not like a, uh, a Shopify or a Magento where you have that kind of traditional add to cart functionality. So we kind of, it's unfortunate, but we'll have people that ask us all the time, hey, are you a replacement for Shopify? And we unfortunately have to say no. Um, yep. We know kind of who, who our target market is. Um, but yeah, it's definitely more digital. One of the big things that um, concern a lot of people, a lot of users, a lot of, a lot of customers is the onboarding and user interface and user experience. Tell us a little bit about um, how simple uh, Pay Kickstart is for somebody who's non-technical. Yeah, well, it, it wasn't very simple when we started. So, <laughs> you know, four years ago, you kind of had to hunt and peck and figure it out for yourself. And then we finally realized that a lot, of, like we had such high churn that the reason that people were canceling was not that it, ha it had tons of functionality and flexibility. People just didn't know how to use the damn thing. So like we, um, we created this in-app onboarding experience and it just kind of breaks it down and simplifies like for a new person that's never used 
our software, like what do they, what should they do? So yeah. it's like step one, click here, step two, click here. And so what we try to do is get them to first value as quickly as possible. And so first value for us is they have their checkout link and they're accepting payment. And so they have that aha moment and they're like, oh my God, this is awesome. I love it. And so it took us a while to get there, yeah. um, but it has, it has, you know, leaps and bounds better. And it's helped, you know, from all of our numbers, from, you know, our churn rate, you know, got cut in half overnight just because we made it that much easier. And then also uh, combine that with our customer service experience. So we actually do a 30 minute onboarding call with mm-hmm. anyone who would like to. So, you know, we, we kind of walk them through it uh, and hand and hold their hand. And that's been helpful as well. I love the fact that it only takes me maximum three, maybe four clicks in total to get a result, to get to where I need to be, to get the outcome that I'm looking for, to take a bit of code and do what I need to do. Whatever the steps are, there's there's minimalistic approach, and I really love that. But what I love more is the fact that you're creating um, educational content through your blog to support your customer, uh, your your community. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I know you are a prolific educational content creator. Yeah, I, I think it just comes with the territory, right? You you want your customers to be successful because if they're not successful and they go out of business, well, then you lose that customer. So Absolutely. I, I want to give them not only the tools, the, the, the technology, I want to give them the information, like everything that's inside my head, anything that you know I've learned at a mastermind or anything like that, I want to, you know, go and share that, and I want to help them, you know, tell them what works and what doesn't. And so, part, some of that we've been able to build into the actual platform mm-hmm. and automate it. But other things we have to actually teach them how to do it. Uh, and so, yeah, the the blog is a big part. We have white papers. We do educational webinars. So it's a combination of all those things. And so, I think not only does it help, you know, provide. Uh, practicality, just, you know, like things that they can implement in their actual business, but it also helps to make you an authority uh, in your space. This is one of those moments when you when you realize, going back to our discussion earlier, Mark, on customer relationship and customer focus, just how much um, emphasis you have on relationship building. Now, um, with all that being said, back to the pointy end of the call, um, when people want to connect with you, find you and, and become a part of Pay Kickstart, what is the process and where will they find you? Yeah, so you can just go to paykickstart.com. We have a free 14-day trial, so you can go and, and do that. Um, we have our 24-7 live chat, so you know you can check out the website. I'm sure you know there's going to be questions along the way, so feel free just to uh, hop into a live chat, uh, ask your questions. We also have a Facebook group, so if you go to Facebook and put in Pay Kickstart, um, you'll see uh, Subscription Growth Hacks is the name of our Facebook group, so you can join that. And so I'm in there. We have, um, I mean, there's thousands of other online entrepreneurs in there. And so we're just kind of sharing strategies for like what what's working in today's complex world of, of you know, online marketing, online selling. Uh, so I, I, I urge you to, to join that as well. Thank you so very much, Mark. Now for everybody who's on the call with us today, as is always the case, I'll be making the links back to Mark and paykickstarter.com and the links to his Facebook group uh, and everywhere else that you will find him. No matter where you find this call, you will certainly find Mark and his wonderful team at Pay Kickstart. And with that all being said, Mark, this has just been an absolutely wonderful experience having you on the My Future Business Show today. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. 
And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.